Hey there, it's Domestic Don, Josh Landers, from the truck yet again, the Nissan Frontier in a parking lot. So we're going to talk about blood sport, we're going to talk about drinking cobra blood, we're going to talk about trying to see a Muay Thai fight when I travel to Thailand with my family. But first off, obviously, we have to talk about, like I said, blood sport. So let's just start off with this clip. If you guys remember Jean-Claude Van Damme was a pretty big megastar in the 1980s going into the 90s, the muscles from Brussels. He could do the splits really well. He was a pretty fit guy. Couldn't act all that well, but he was Jean-Claude Van Damme. So let's just start with this little clip from Blood Sport, and hopefully you can hear it. Let me get this shit going on here. Here we go. All right, so this is a young flashback of Jean-Claude Van Damme when he first started getting it. Oh, he just got kicked in the stomach by a young Asian kid. Go to your studies. And the young Jean-Claude's on the ground. He's wearing a Giants jersey for some reason. I think a... You cannot get katana sword by stealing. <laughs> it is a very special sword. You must earn it. I wasn't going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> shit. The, the guy... Hold on. I gotta pause this shit. The guy just... Uh, the master... Uh, a Japanese dude, he just cut off the brim of young Jean-Claude's hat. So the brim of his hat, he just cut in half with a katana. <laughs> just listen to the acting. I don't know why they couldn't find a kid who had a better accent. He doesn't even sound uh, like he's from Belgium. I don't know. It sounds like he's... <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. Hold on. It's, get, it's getting better. I'm not gonna call the cops. <laughs> not if we make a deal. What kind of a deal? <laughs> Your son and my son. Oh shit, it's the best. Frank sees my son's skill. And he desires to learn martial science too. Now they're gonna learn martial science. And here's some more bad acting. Frank's tell me you came to America to grow vine. Yes, that's right. I work at the Verne Vineyard. I came here to grow fish in my hatchery. Okay, hold on. I mean, let me fast forward a little bit. Both grow children. Right, shut up. Right, come on. Here we go. Now he's fighting on some weird platform that looks like. I brought you here to help me train my son. Don't question me. If you expect me to be punching bad, you can forget about our deal. Oh, that's the best. All right, let's stop there. Now they're going to get in a fight. The bullies are picking on uh, the young Asian kid, and now the young Jean-Claude, who's now learning the martial sciences, uh, he's coming in to save the day. That was my Friday night. It's been probably, shit, 20 years since I've watched it, maybe even more than that. I'm not sure. But it's still it's, it's a fantastically horrible movie. Not quite as bad as Troll 2, which is the best worst movie. I'm sure many people have already seen that documentary or even watched Troll 2. And I, I kind of, it's kind of funny that Troll 1, what, or I guess Troll, the original Troll, was actually a normal movie. Well, sort of. It's still pretty crappy. But as a normal movie, I think Jennifer Aniston was in it. And But Troll 2 was just something special, right? The Italian director uh, who didn't speak English very well. He wrote the script, obviously, and you could you could tell. So Troll 2 is pretty... He, it's up there. It's up there as one of the bad ones. But Bloodsport is is got to be top 10 worst movies ever. And, but I still love it. I watched it. It brought me back 
to my childhood. Just the the, ah, the very slow scenes where Jean Claude's flexing his his super pecs and he goes and does a very slow uh, way, very dramatic way to kick somebody after he knocked him out on the mat. But what brought me back about that, I I, I don't know why I watched it. It was just one of those dumb things that I watch usually and, and I regret later on. Obviously drinking and regret goes hand in hand and also drinking and watching bad movies also it makes me think a little bit of what I'm doing with my life at 40 years old. Yeah, so that was interesting. Interesting movie. Uh, it brought me to the place, like I said, of my childhood. And I, we're going to Thailand, like I mentioned earlier this summer. Maybe the reason I watched Bloodsport was because I really was getting hyped up to go to Thailand to travel this summer with my family. I really want to see a Muay Thai fight. That's something I've been researching and Googling and trying to find to see what, what, what establishment would have a Muay Thai fight. That'd be interesting to see in the actual the country uh, uh, where, it has, where, where the sport originated. I'm assuming Muay Thai, Thailand. I'm, I'm assuming that's where Muay Thai came from. I have no idea. I haven't done enough research, obviously. But I would like to see a fight. I don't know if it's going to be an underground fight. That might be a little sketchy to go to sort of some weird, dingy uh, basement in Bangkok and watch a fight. I don't really want to get my throat sliced by a monkey. So I might just try to go to find an actual venue, you know, one where regular people go and don't gamble and not not like Bloodsport, right? That, that's what Bloodsport was. That's what the whole sh- the movie was about, was this sort of hidden realm of uh, uh, fighting where all these athletes from, from around the world, these fighters from around the world, there was the, of course, quintessential. <laughs> oh, another one. Oh shit, I forgot about this. The uh, the uh, Arab dude, right? Uh, watch it. You gotta watch it because this dude is not Iraqi. He's not Middle Eastern at all. I'm not sure where he's from. He looks he look he looks Asian to me. He doesn't look Middle Eastern at all. But anyways, he he has the whole headdress uh, of someone who's from Kuwait or Saudi Arabia or Iraq or one of those countries. But he doesn't look Middle Eastern whatsoever. He's 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 a Chinese dude. So that's another funny point of the movie as well. And then Ogre, too. Ogre was in it. Ogre from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Everybody remembers Ogre. Sort of disheveled, wild, crazy, caveman, hair, big beard, big oafish Ogre. He was in it. He was Jean Claude's enemy at first, or a fellow fighter, I guess I should say. And then he became his friend throughout the course of the tournament. And he was just a big, brash, Harley Davidson shirt-wearing, bandana-wearing, uh, typical American that would go over there and just knock people on the head with a fist. He, he wasn't a fighter. He wasn't a martial artist or a martial scientist. He was just one of those, again, just a big, dumb American just bashing people on top of the head. But I completely forgot about Ogre. And sorry if I don't know the actor's name. Uh, let's, let's look it up. Ogre, Revenge of the Nerds, American actor. Donald Gibb. So Donald Gibb was also in Bloodsport, and he brought me back, just like Bloodsport, like I mentioned way too many times, to watching that movie when I was seven, eight years old, whatever it was, when Bloodsport came out, or maybe 10, 11. But Revenge of the Nerds was another iconic, classic twist in my existence. And I remember Revenge of the Nerds probably better than Bloodsport, because that's where I, I think I, that's where I saw my first breast. That's where I f- first saw a, a, a woman's... A nipple, you know, all these other things, veiny flesh bags. 
hangers, uh, knockers, tits. That's where I saw my first tit. I kind of hopefully remember that somewhere in the core of my brain. It's got to be. It had to be the first one. I don't think I was watching Porky's when I was four. When did Porky's come out? Which one? Maybe it was Porky's. Did Porky's come out before Revenge of the Nerds? Or did Revenge of the Nerds come out before Porky's? I don't know. Chicken and the egg, Josh. Chicken and the egg. But either way, I remember a locker room scene. And it was one of those quintessential 80s obligatory nude scenes. Just like most horror movies had it. And I remember watching Nightmare on Elm Street. I remember watching Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp and all these other fantastic movies during the 80s. And yeah, they would always have that obligatory, like I said, horror tit. And Revenge of the Nerds was, it wasn't a horror movie, of course, but they would also flash the skin. And as, as a seven-year-old child, I, I do remember that. It still resonates with me today. Uh, and it was something that, you know, maybe back then when I was seven years old, I said, hey, you know what? This is something I can get into. This is, I think I like it. So maybe even at that young, ripe age, I already knew that uh, the future was bright for myself. In uh, the, the female form, maybe that was something that I, I already was established with, or on, or I don't know. Creepy, sure, uh, but it's part of human nature, right? Isn't it part of human nature to remember things that you saw that uh, got you thinking about something other than yourself, hopefully, or something other than what your capabilities were at that time? I probably didn't know exactly what they were. I didn't really know exactly what the feelings. Hopefully, I didn't know at seven years old. I'd be like I said, creepy as shit. If I was a seven-year-old kid and already feeling like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to go find a chick, man. I want to go. I want to go find some some boobies. No, no, I, I wasn't thinking that. But it was just the visual that sparked something probably in me, and, and and I knew at some point that that's what I was gonna like in the future. That's what I was gonna base my entire existence on. That's what I was going to actually want to do and follow and give up my life for was the breast, right? The old floppers. That's what I was going for. Let's get back to Thailand, though. And the thing I really want to try in Thailand is cobra blood. Not saying I want to go there just to have cobra blood, but if I have an opportunity to get cobra blood, I will drink the blood. I will find that snake. And I guess supposedly there's a lot of night markets that open up at night, obviously. And there's going to be snakes of different varieties. I've At least this one YouTuber was telling me. A video I watched of some older uh, Western Western white male going over to Thailand and, and trying different varieties of, of snake blood, I'm assuming. So I want to try cobra blood, and that's something that one of my friends told me about, and I didn't even realize that was a thing until he texted me about it. And it, it sounds interesting, and I guess you can go to a, a pretty much a lot of different establishments and ask for some cobra blood. And I, it, you could either drink it straight, which is more, I think, of the aphrodisiac, but having an aphrodisiac in Bangkok is might be a mistake, especially while I'm traveling around with my wife and kids. That wouldn't be good to have an aphrodisiac. I don't know how strong it's going to be. What kind of blood will be coursing through my blood? What, what is the, what's the cobra going to make me do? You know, what's the, what would happen to me if I was walking around and say, uh-oh, oh no. There's obviously prostitution that is legal in Bangkok, as a lot of other places in the world where it is legalized, except for in America. Well, I guess Vegas. Right? Is it legal in Las Vegas? I think prostitution is legal in Vegas. I don't know. I, I remember going to Vegas when I was 21 and looking at the phone book, and most of it was escort services. I'm assuming that's legal prostitution, right? I think it's the same thing. Anyways, so yeah, uh, if, if I'm in Bangkok and I have an aphrodisiac, that might not be the best. So maybe, I don't know. Should I try it? Maybe I'll try it. 
I think I'll try it. Because there is a, a drink, it's probably it weakens it a little bit, especially maybe the, the aphrodisiac part. So I don't have to strap my, uh, uh, my nether regions down with duct tape while I'm walking around the city and being uh, approached by women of the night. But, but if I do, do drink Cobra Blood, I think there's a softened version of it. That, that's, a, that's a horrible pun. There's a softened version of Cobra Blood where you can get it in a drink, not just straight up blood where they cut off the, the head and you just, you just you know, they, they just squeeze the blood into a shot glass. But there's one, I think it's mixed with honey and maybe tea or some other herbs. And also, I think, vodka or some, some rum. What are they? I don't, I don't know what Thailand has. Uh, what is there, what's Thai alcohol? Is there, I know they have beer. I don't know. Maybe I've got to research. i got to obviously research this a lot more. But I, one place you can get it with, like I said, honey, herbs, vodka, rum, whatever. And they also clip the still beating heart of that animal, reptile, into your cup and you can drink the heart and maybe that's the aphrodisiac part maybe if you actually eat the heart is that that's oh jesus i don't even know what that would do i would i'd be spring loaded at that point and maybe not i'd have to go back to the hotel post haste uh so that's something i really want to try just the interesting concepts of obviously the food that's the biggest thing but if i have a chance to get cobra blood i want to be in that secret society of trying cobra blood because it's something that i will remember probably for the rest of my life trip sure Traveling with kids on a 19-hour flight with layovers, sure, I'll remember that forever because it's going to be a disaster. Uh, the plane will probably get stuck in the back by the bathrooms like we usually do with the smell of who knows what going on uh, around us. But that is, that's going to be a memory. But the Cobra Blood is something that I could take to my grave. Right? That's something that I can, I can go out and shake other people's hands who've also tried Cobra Blood and be like, you know, secret society, bro, fist bump, we're now Cobra Blood drinkers. Maybe, right? Maybe. That's something that we can definitely get into. And, you know, there. when I went to Oaxaca years ago, when, shit, that was probably 12 years ago now, 11, year, eh, 11 12 years ago, uh, my wife and I went to Oaxaca, and when I was researching that place, I really wanted to try something called pulque. And it was this thick, viscous drink uh, from the agave plant, I believe, kind of similar to mezcal or tequila, but it was this thick, white, uh, as far as I read, thick, white drink that only males were able to get invited into this club or the, the, to the secret society to drink pulque. I learned later on that was bullshit. Uh, that, oh, no, you can buy it on the street. But I never found it. But when we went to the markets, we went to these, you know, just big giant markets in Oaxaca where they have the fucking pig's brains and heads of cows and shit around. And obviously the smell and flies is overwhelming and awesome at the same time. Uh, yeah, so I was asking, oh, puke, puke, just kind of going around, maybe seeking it out, searching it a little bit, and no, no, no one no one invited me in. I got a few smiles and maybe snickers or sneers. I don't know what they were, but I never got invited to that male club. And again, with the Cobra Blood, that, that's what it seems like. I've never been cool, even in high school. You know, I, I had my moments. I would get invited to parties or at least just glom on to people who went to parties, but I was never the cool guy. I was never the the person who got invited into these cool things right uh, it, it never I never was it's just it wasn't who I am it's just not part of my being I guess to get invited to these cool things so maybe maybe that's my in, the enticing factor of me wanting to try cobra blood is that it'll make me cool it'll uh, fill this void in my soul of never being that cool person that cool kid I've done a bunch of dumb shit, right? But I've never done it with uh, other people who do dumb shit as well. So it's always just me randomly doing uh, faulty or making faulty 
choices. But the Cobra Blood would be something that, yeah, all right, I'm in. And I guess maybe I have this uh, picture in my head of maybe me and like four other, five other blood sport fighters uh, drinking Cobra Blood after uh, uh, beating your opponent. And we're, sort of, we're, we're there. It's going to be hot as shit. We're eating spicy food. And then just take that shot of Cobra Blood. Take that, eat that heart. Just put it between my mangled teeth and bite down and feel the, the, the energy and the spirit of that creature, that animal, that poisonous creature that can kill 47 men with one potent bite, bite going into my system. And then, then, there, then that, that would be it. Then I'd go back to the hotel, go to sleep, probably brush my teeth, and probably get, I'm sure, some sort of sickness from the cobra blood. Is, that a, is cobra blood organic? Can you get any disease from there? Do cobras have AIDS? Do cobras have any blood-borne pathogen? I'm sure they do. It doesn't seem... I don't know. I'll try it, though. I will try it. So now I have to watch Kickboxer with Jean-Claude Van Damme. That is quintessential before going to Thailand, because that one was actually based in Bangkok, as far as I remember. I can't find it on Amazon Prime or Hulu or Netflix yet, but if I remember correctly, it was... Yeah, it was a Muay Thai fight. Muay Thai fight. Muay Thai. Muay Thai. I gotta get that down. And the guy that John claude was fighting was obviously the biggest, baddest son of a bitch in the entire city. Large man. He had a big ponytail, like kind of high up on his bald head that reached down to his back, really tightly knit ponytail. And he would just kick the shit out of everybody else. And of course, John claude makes it to the finals where he has to fight him. And throughout the entire, you know, just like Ogre in, in Bloodsport, nerds! Well, he didn't say that in Bloodsport. He said that in Revenge of the Nerds. But even just like Jean-Claude would go like, like we talked about earlier, he would do the same thing. But he was always looking at the menacing beast across from him, the man from Thailand, the, the vicious Muay Thai fighter. And remember the glass knuckles. That's what I remember the best about that movie. They would put some, it was, again, yet another underground fight. I don't know why Jean-Claude keeps getting his, his, his ass handed to him in these underground fights where there's no rules or regulations and people could just beat the shit out of each other and break each other's necks. In this in this case, though, they, they would get some sort of wrapping on their knuckles that maybe dipped in paste or glue or fish guts. I don't know what the fuck it was. Something sticky. So And then people would break bottles, and they would go rub their knuckles into the broken glass. So they would come out with not just fists of fury, but uh, fists of broken glass fury. So they're able to do that. And I just remember blood. He would get sliced in his face. He got sliced on his thigh, I think. His beautiful, thick thigh. Jean-Claude's thigh. And just the whole slow motion. When the blood is pouring out of his body. And then, of course, he won. Somehow. I can't remember how he won. But I remember he beat the guy. And, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to see a fight like that, obviously. But that that's obviously the, the glass knuckles. is definitely something that I remember from when I was a kid. There's a lot of shit I remember from when I was a kid. And none of it's good. None of it's really, like, positive. But that's not true. I had some positive messages in my childhood. I remember when I got stitches in my left hand after carving a pumpkin. I was, for some reason, carving a pumpkin with an extremely sharp knife when I was, what was I, eight years old, nine years old? And somehow it slipped out of the, the, the hard rind of the pumpkin, the hard flesh of that pumpkin. It just sliced right through the web between my thumb and forefinger and it just sliced right through and I still have a scar I'm looking at it right now but I remember right when it sliced through I said oh yeah all right that's not good I remember hiding it from my parents and just wrapping my hand up with my other hand and just running to the bathroom and for whatever reason 
we'll get to the point here in a second why I'm bringing this up after talking about Kickboxer and Bloodsport. Because it's about the Karate Kid. Right? It's about the Karate Kid. I'll get to that in a, in a moment. But when I went to the bathroom with blood just spurting out of my, of my little hand, for some reason I was trying to put band-aids on it. And the band-aids were just fucking squirting off. as obviously just blood rushing out of my body. And obviously a band-aid's not going to fix it. I was a moron. I'm an idiot. So the band-aids are shooting out in the air. I'm putting more wrap on and trying to put wrap them, anything, a towel, anything, just to try to stop the blood. And my mom, would, she had an aloe vera plant, an actual plant in, our, in the bathroom. And, you know, the aloe vera plant, you could break it off and it has the soothing gel, uh, uh, natural gel from it for, for aiding sunburns and minor cuts and abrasions and things like that. That's what the aloe vera plant's for. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful plant. But for some reason, I was snapping off uh, spines of it and just trying to jam it into this open gash on my hand and figuring the aloe vera would work. It would stop the blood. Like I said, not the smartest person in the world. And I'm still not. Uh, you got to give me a little break, though. I was nine years old. I think nine, eight, whatever, whatever it was. But yeah, so eventually my mom had to go to the bathroom because the other bathroom was broken and the toilet didn't work. So of course we were down to one bathroom with four people living there at that point, I think, me, my brother, and my parents. And eventually she knocked on the door, Josh, I gotta go pee, I gotta go pee. And of course she opens it up, it's just fucking gore fest, right? It's, it's, it's Nightmare on Elm Street, there's blood everywhere. Like Johnny Depp, when he gets sucked into the mattress, in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and all the blood is just gushing up when he gets taken by Freddy in his dreams. That's what I picture it in my head. Probably wasn't that bad, but I remember my mom did freak out. Ah! She screamed, what's wrong? And then she, of course, got my hand wrapped. My dad took me to the local clinic, and I got, I think, seven stitches in the webbing of my finger. Now, to tie it back into Kickboxer and into Bloodsport, The Karate Kid. I remember watching The Karate Kid when I had... Maybe one or two days after I got my stitches. Obviously, it was cool to get stitches. My friends wanted to see him. They wanted to see how mangled I was. It's, it's like a it's like a horror freak show, right? Why do why do we want to go see freak shows? Why do we want to see blood? Why do we rubberneck on the freeway when there's an accident? I remember that too as a kid driving by an accident at some point. And we I saw there was two dead people on the side of the road after a horrific accident somewhere on the five freeway or somewhere i can't remember where, where we we're traveling but yeah just obviously stopping and looking at that and i remember that that was 30 years ago so gore is something there's something about the blood there's something about the excitement of of, of someone getting hurt but i remember after i watched the karate kid just that iconic moment when he's doing the what's, what's his move the flamingo the penguin i don't whatever his last move is uh the swan i don't know he fucking puts he puts his arms up and then he kicks the guy he kicks johnny in the face right uh, and he knocks him out with, with his toenail. I remember that scene, and after I watched that, and me and my brother were all hyped up. I remember we were talking about it. We just loved that movie, and it gave a positive energy. That's what Karate Kid was, right? Ralph Macchio, he gave us a positive caricature of what it means to strive through hardship and get the girl, what was her name? Elizabeth Shue, from Leaving Las Vegas with the... I got a really big argument with someone that she never showed her knockers. Going back to the knocker thing, jeez, this is a weird, this is a weird podcast. But the idea of Elizabeth Shue, I got an argument one time with one of my uh, rugby friends, and he was saying that she showed her knockers in leaving Las Vegas, and I was so adamant. I was yelling. I was, I, I was just, I no, she never did. She's too classy to show her breasts in film. And then of course I watched it later on again, and yeah, she did show them. Uh, but yeah, she was in that movie. Uh, you know, Ralph Macchio dressed up as a shower curtain. They kissed. I remember that. But after that movie, I remember just holding up my 
my hand, which is still fairly sore. And, you know, I had to change my bandages and my parents helped me change my bandages a few times while the pus was seeping out through the stitches and things like that. And, you know, it took obviously a few weeks to get the stitches removed. But I just remember holding up my hand. I was laying on my bed. I remember just holding up my hand and seeing the shadow of my my mangled paw against the wall and just going, you're the best around. Nothing's ever going to bring you down. You're the best around. Nothing's ever going to bring you down. And I'm just holding my hand up there and saying, I could do this, Josh. I could do this at nine or 10 years old. And did I ever do it? No. I probably just watched Karate Kid 2 and 3. And that's about it. And I'll maybe watch it again. They didn't go to Thailand, but at least it's something for me to get a little bit more excited for. All right. I'll see you guys next time. Uh, That's the podcast for today. All right. See you on the flip side.